I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. Support is brought to you for the Lost Words podcast by Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com are the leaders in the below-the-waist grooming and they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawmower 4.0, all across Europe. Yes, you heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code LFW20. That's code LFW20 at manscaped.com. Jason, it's Valderrama week. Um, been looking forward to this for most of the year, I would say. Um, two decent events that have just gone past at the weekend as well. Yeah, what do you want to do? Re- recap or, or well, we'll, how much we're looking we'll, forward we'll to do, we'll, we'll do the recap and then we can talk about your excitement because I'm sure you're uh, bursting at the seams. Um... Spanish Open, Rahm did not do what many thought he would. Um, I did back Ross McGowan in running, hoping that he was going to, you know, benefit from maybe a slightly lacking John Rahm in the third round. Um, and John Rahm lacked, but Ross McGowan did as well. <laughs> lacked, but, um, lacked more. Yeah, that's it. Um, I suppose I was surprised at how he played on Saturday, but I always thought there was a possibility. Um I think when he goes, what was he? He was, was it after six holes, he was um, odds-on favourite? Yeah, he was, He was. sorry. So, I mean, you remember last week I discussed about our Tiger Woods in Dubai? Yeah. Tiger Woods went odds-on within four or five holes. But probably it might have been the same, six holes, um, one day in Dubai when um, he had an early tea time and it was, it was just blatantly obvious that he was going to shorten up. And yeah, if you backed him at nine to four, you, you know, you'd have to be a reasonably heavy hitter to go in at nine to four, would have thought. But if you did that, or again, if you took the, even better, if you took the seven to two, him to win to more by two, um, you were odds on with you know by whatever it was, one thirty on Thursday or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you can lay off odds on and and either take your profit or sit back and have a nice free bet. But yeah, as you say, he, he was. Crap, wasn't he? He was. The end there, there was, there was, there was, was no shocking. two ways about it, was there? He was, he was poor. He just completely melted down. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just a bit of fatigue. It's been a decently long run of events, and you know the 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 Ryder Cup and being a new dad and COVID and all that sort of stuff. Pressures of being world number one, showing up in front of your home fans, yeah. all all of that. Also, you can just have an off couple of rounds, can't you? Um, and if the motivation factor, I suppose, is not there, whether it was or not, is remains to be seen. But I imagine it's quite hard to get up for an event like that when you probably should be challenging with the very best in the world most weeks instead. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, he's in front. I mean, he's got, so he's one behind, isn't he? He's one behind Bestling, yeah? Yeah. Um, he doesn't need to do a lot. He's just got to play his... his game I mean it, it's, you know, it's it, don't be wrong it's not if he comes to this week and he's one behind then yeah you can see a meltdown yeah um, you know this this. Um, in fact to be fair to the to the Madrid course it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be I know the winning scores were were 19 but I didn't think the course played 
quite as easy. I think it had it, its challenges, didn't it? I think it, it certainly did. But they were really John Rahm didn't have to do that much to uh, do it. He was missing everything. He was missing his fairways. He was missing greens. He couldn't get up and down. He couldn't putt. The whole game just absolutely went. And for whatever reason, like we said, he's not Tiger Woods. Yeah. And that's it. Tiger Woods is the only one that can do what he did on the Saturday and still return 67. Because yeah. it was it. John Rahm isn't. He, he's the best player in the world at the moment. Um, but like we said, when DJ went through his, you know, particularly long run of being number one, it's hard to keep that going. It is. You know? Um, in terms of betting, yeah, like I say, you you could get eleven to eight on, or, or seven to ten, or whatever it was on Betfair that you could lay off on. So you had your chances. We all expected him to win, and and the end. I think he was quite lucky to get a top twenty. And and I think actually it's, it's a good point you made there. A couple of things that you know, firstly that you compare him to DJ, and I think that these these world number ones now that are the best when you know when, when they're making birdies they go really deep and make five six seven in a round or eight in a round or whatever and and they continue it on and, and they can do that for four days in an event and really pile it on they can do it for four or five weeks in a row but when the going gets tough they don't seem to have the same resolve as a time so was, do they see, so hoping to see my sorry <laughs> I, I, yeah, well. I don't have a singing voice but it like you said i think i think with tiger woods if something was going wrong he would just he would find it, wouldn't he? And and it's it's so ridiculous. Like we say it all the time. There's no point in comparing people to Tiger Woods. They're not Tiger Woods, and there's never is such an unrealistic thing. But that's what you that's you know what you naturally have to do when you're talking about a world number one, don't you? you know, this the bar is set, and you have to see how well they're going to perform. And like you said again, the, the other point I was going to go back to was the was the fact if, you, if he'd done it at Valderrama, you'd understand. Like, there's a lot of trouble around Valderrama. It's, it's claustrophobic. The, you know, he can, if he's slightly off, just get lost and get stuck behind a lot of hazards. And, but there wasn't really that at this at this course. I mean, there was there was some tough pots. There was some tough greens. There was, you know, a little bit of tree trouble everywhere. But it, well, yeah, it just wasn't, was it? You'd, you'd still think you'd have got a four or five under par, pretty much sleepwalking for John Rahm. Um, mm. So, interesting. I wonder how he's going to bounce back this week. Um Really tough course, obviously. And do you think... Oh, I guess I know your answer probably, but do you think it makes it more likely that he's going to succeed because of how tough it is? Or do you think it can, he can just fritter away as well? Because obviously he missed a cut on his debut and then second on his second start here. But I guess when it gets tough, the best ball strikers come to the fore and he's obviously one of them. Well, let's see. I mean, it's very hard to come from behind here, isn't it? Yeah. Um... You know, you look back, you look back at the event. I mean, you, you need to be up here. Um, doesn't matter. I mean, we've had, we've had. So, are we still recapping, or we've moving on? Sorry, sorry. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I'm happy to move on. We're going to add around. We can no, recap right. the American no, I, mean, I mean, look, if you you look back, uh, round three leaders ever won in the last few years. Uh, Catlin, Bez, Sergio twice, and that doesn't matter. I mean, Sergio's won in 12 under, 17, 18. Bez won in 10 under, and obviously last year, Catlin, Keimer, absolute grind. Um, two over was a winning score, but interestingly, um, you saw you know somebody like a Wilco Nineaber there and uh, Will Bessling, and um, it's interesting. Everything everything points to, to as it always does, tee to green. But mm. this place is essential. I mean, this isn't oh you can hit it on the fairway and then worry about where you're going to hit it on the on the green. This is 
you have to hit every single point correctly. Um, there is no strain because there are overhanging trees. If you, you know, normally you can hit 15 yards either side of your target, probably on hmm. a fairway. On a normal week, I would guess. Um, and then on the green, you know, they're normally fair-sized greens, aren't they? They're okay, and, and yeah, you can mess them up. But it's a bit difficult. You look at this. This is 7,000 yards, not even seven, you know, not even 7,000. Um, you've got overhanging branches. You've got undulating lies. You've got small undulating greens. You've got bunkers surrounding greens, water surrounding greens. You cannot play to these greens off a wide um, drive. It, you just it just can't be done um and if the wind and the rain arises has been predicted by some i haven't looked to be honest with you um it's going to be absolute carnage it's going to be fantastic it's going to be um you know you i mean i don't know what people want but some people may enjoy watching you know 19 20 under it's not it's not for me never has been we've always said it on here um i like i like wentworth wentworth the last couple of years has been has been quite a challenge but the scores have been there um, this used to be the season ending Volvo Masters um, and I think it should be the European season ender but it's not appealing to American audiences and therefore the money doesn't come but this is this is. I mean you, you saw it last year do you remember when um, Catlin and Kaima it was just a grind I mean hmm. Kaima you know Kaima virtually just could, I mean, he messed up I can't remember a couple of shots a couple of holes coming home um couple of bad chips is superb I think Catlin was short on 17 or something and got up and down brilliantly he got up and down from the bunker it requires Catlin is the for me Catlin was the way he plays was Valderrama personified you know you have to and we're going to discuss obviously every fantasy this week you have to think about every single shot you know um, this is a great great place this is you know Carnoustie on steroids this is proper golf yeah, no, I agree with a lot of that. And interestingly, what you said about the, you know, you can't come from behind here. We've got the three three players that have won uh, previously here in this field. Soren Kjeldsen went wire to wire. John Catlin went wire to wire. And Beef went second, second, first. So, or second, second, seven, first. So, there was no kind of big comebacks in the final round. No surges on Saturday even. It was just... You had to be in the hunt from the very get-go, really. I mean, I spoke with Wilco Nine Aberada on Twitter, and and he bounced back from a 76 on Saturday. But the difference was he finished tied sixth and and not winning it, and that was ultimately the difference. You can't afford to have any any lit outs really. You can't even, you know, if John Rahm has a slow start, like you said, it's it's really really hard to yeah. to make it up, isn't it? And because there's not like this gimme hole where there's going to be birdie eagle back to back or whatever is it it's like you say every hole's a challenge every hole's a grind i mean if that weather a bit like you I haven't really looked too much into it but that weather does arrive thursday friday then we could see a lot of people i mean i looked at some of the scores last last year and there were 77s and 75s i think matthew jordan opened with an 81 and still made the cut and finished decently i think top 25 so there is just yeah. some ridiculous scores here isn't it yeah, the weather, the weather, and the position of the tournament it used to be. It used to be in summer, didn't it? It used to be in better weather. Um, last year they moved it, and this year we've gone even further into the into the autumn, if you like, or whatever mm. season we're supposed to be in. So I'm, I'm hoping, because I'm horrible like that, um, <laughs> I'm hoping it is like last year, 
Um, I have no problem with a level par winning score. Um, yeah, I mean, Bez hold everything when he won in 10 under. But you, you go back, I mean... Because um, he hit the ball fairly poorly, didn't he, that week? He didn't hit many yeah, greens he at all. He was just chipping and putting everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's tee to green, but it's all about position rather than anything. It's not tee to green as in a Bryson tee to green, is no. it? You know what I mean? You bosh it down and get it on the on the thing. It's um, you look back when Sergio won twice. He was he was second in tee to green. The person who came second led the tee to green. So it was Luton then. 2018, Sergio was second tee to green. Um, Lowry was uh, first tee to green. Uh, when Bez did it, he was first uh, around the green, first approaches. Uh, and when Catlin was third in tee to green, and then you had Bessling, Harding, Nine Neighbour, all doing the same job. Um, yeah, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to get it in the right position to be able to hit your approaches. Because if you're in the wrong one, you can't hit the greens. Then you're in trouble. You can't do that a week. Just can't be done. You have to be confident with your, with your irons. Um, and if you're not, you're going to be, you're going to be gone. I think the other thing as well is not to push maybe the panic button too early on. I think Sammy Valamaki last year was six over on Thursday in 85th place uh, and finished tenth. So. You know, that's not, that's not really the way you want to go after what we've just said. But in terms of each-way payouts, I wouldn't be ripping up tickets early it's, if that's still a thing these days. It's um, a, well, like we said, it's a bit carnoustie. It's a bit hmm. open. You know, the amount of time, Ernie Els in particular, you bet Ernie Els would be a top 10 or something, and he's finished the opening 37. Hmm. Uh, a bit like the Masters. You used to get it in the Masters, not so much now, whereby, you know, you'd go in the clubhouse in 25th. And by the time they fit, I mean, obviously completely different circumstances. Um, you know, this just gets more, more of a more of a grind. But over there, you just get faster and faster greens. And, and by the time you finish your eight, you haven't actually done anything. <laughs> and it, it's very similar. Yeah, I mean, if I got in at, in you know twenty fifth at the end of every round, and there was still half the field to go out, I'd be pretty confident of being the top fifteen by the end. So John Catlin's path to victory, uh, he was two under par after day one, three under par after day two. He was then two under par again after day three, finished two over par, so he shot four over in the final round and won. Um, I suppose a little bit of that is is what was behind him. Obviously, we've mentioned Kaima struggling down the stretch and a couple of others not putting on the pressure, but I think, you know, he he ground it out when he needed to, didn't he? And, and I hate, I don't really like the word grinding out because I think a lot of golfers grind it out, but he is that guy that, that can make that. I mean, under the pressure and of, you know, I've got to get in with a score, even if it is, you know, four over, and and every, you just got to beat the person that's chasing you, haven't you? So you haven't got to go out and shoot four or five under. You've just got to make sure you're you're easing yourself in front. It's it's, an, it's really an interesting spectacle because, like you say, we don't get this type of goal very often. We get it sometimes in the open, and people call for it. And if you get bad weather or gusty, you sometimes get it and things like that. But you don't see this normally. We're looking at four or five under, and if you don't shoot four or five under every round, you're uh, you're way behind, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like I say, I think grinding is right, to be honest with you. But um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't think you're going to need the brilliance of a Sergio, for example. I, I think it's going to be a lot more sort of Bez type. Yeah. And Catlin type this year. But like I say, things can go very, very wrong here. I mean, Kaima should have won at the end of the day hmm. last year. But then you can say Rye should have won, you know, in uh, in Ireland and stuff like that. So. Um, Stuff happens, doesn't it? It's this European you tour. That I knew, you know, I now should have won over the weekend. You um, should have won as well. 
you know, and that was that was again that was sorry diverting back to, right. to what what we saw. That was after a Friday where he could have been in thirty fifth. Yeah, the way he played, he was he was shocking. Um, but this is what happens. It's down to the nitty gritty. You know, you you go to Valderrama on Sunday and it's windy and raining, then yeah yeah you really are in for a. It's this is not wind and rain where. Oh, wind and rain St Andrews, which is bad enough, but at least you've got a bit of room. Yeah. This is wind and rain, and you could end up coming out with eight to tens on on half the holes. It's such a, it's such a mental test, yeah. isn't it? It's like you have to accept. I mean, I remember speaking to someone like Peter Uline who said that he loved Links Golf. For you know, he used to come over for the Irish, the Scottish, the Welsh, and the Open, and he said like week one loved it, week two was kind of enjoying it, week three hated it, and week four we couldn't wait to go home because. You have to get used to those terrible breaks, hitting the perfect shot and it bouncing off. And, and that's the sort of thing here. I mean, I don't think you kind of get bad breaks with really good shots here, but you do get, you know, like you say, the greens are lightning and, you know, you, you could hit a pretty good iron shot and then roll off the back and you can find yourself behind a tree and, and nowhere to go. And so, you know, it is it's more than anything, it's just a complete mental test, I think. So... With that said, John Rahm is the three to one favourite. There is sixteen to five. Um, we've said what we've said about John Rahm already, so make of that what you will in terms of prices. Matthew Fitzpatrick. If I said that you, sorry, so even knowing last week, yeah, yeah. If I say to you, you can have nine to four last week, yeah, right in Madrid, or you can have, um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you uh, what are we on, what are we on this week, three to one, three to one. I'll give you, I'll give you seven to two. You can have nine to four last week or seven to two John Rahm this week. Which one do you have? You just take nine to four, wouldn't you? Because you know it's the Every test he prefers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just not but having said that, you know, the idea is that this rewards the best player and at the end of it you get there. So that's the line of thinking. I just couldn't I couldn't be on anybody short prices, really, really short prices. We'll come on to sort of who we like at the top of the betting, I suppose. But Matthew Fitzpatrick's nest up at 14 to 1. Bernd Wiesberger, 20. Adrian Owls, we've spoken about 28 to 1. Thomas Peters and Martin Keimer round out the top at 30 to 1 each. It feels like I'm saying it again, but I'm quite happy to discount Matthew Fitzpatrick here. Are you? Yeah, full respect. I mean, he's performing some, on some tricky tracks. We know exactly what he likes. Played well at Wentworth again. Uh, obviously, likes Crans, which. Um, as it's a little bit trickery, not quite the same as this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't want to be on. I, I think there's a couple here that, that have got PGA Tour cards that I think are really going to struggle over there. But I, I think Fitzpatrick is going to win over on PGA yeah. Tour. Um, I, I don't really want to be on at this price anyway. I, I respect to him because he doesn't mind bad weather. But at the price, I can leave on that. Well, the thing is, he, he fits the profile perfectly, doesn't he? Like his mm. short game is superb his irons are good when they you know when he's on and you have to be on to win here um driving which people would consider a a weakness for him is is negated because he doesn't have to hit driver everywhere so you know it should be like you say link back to crowns is one there a couple of times so it should be the perfect kind of course for him i just like i keep saying about people like this i'll I'll just wait until he goes over to the pga event and he's 66 to 1 at I don't yeah. know, like Phoenix or Genesis or whatever, and just take him early on over there, Pebble even. Like, I just, I'm quite happy to wait it out. Burnt Wiesberger, 20s. I thought, I thought Burnt was quite impressive in coming back last week. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best performance by any means, but he had two really good week, uh, rounds of his irons. Second round, he led the field 
final round he was third in the field so he flashed what he needed to there um but he can't can't get away with that like we've said here can you, you can't get away with just having two average rounds and two good ones it's you, you've got to be on for four four days and yeah. he hasn't been like that for the past sort of few months has he no, you've done it absolutely right. He, he hasn't put four rounds together properly. He's been looked really good at times, and then he, and then he goes missing. So uh, this will... Ju- you just come to it, and you think, well, they've won already this year. You know, they're not exactly on point at the moment. He made the Ryder Cup, which was obviously his target. You know, is he just easing down now, really, until the big money comes? Um, it's not that long, is it? Only a month to go till. Well, that, that, that's the thing, somebody isn't somebody like it? him can make the big kahunas. He's, he was quite clear in the fact that he reached his career goal if you like of making that Ryder Cup team and suddenly everything probably preceding that at least immediately seems like a bit of a lit down doesn't it I mean he's playing these events I suppose to keep climbing that race of Dubai and put himself in position going into Dubai in the final round like you say but 31st here on debut last year wasn't wasn't terrible but opening 76 closing 76 it's, it's not great I can't, I can't, well, there's nothing wrong with it. I just can't see why he'd want to get up in the morning and, and come out to a wet and windy Valdrama and and really fight for the win. I, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see where his motivation is. Uh, if he's there, obviously, fair enough. Mm. But uh, at the moment, I wouldn't trust him to, to do it. And uh, why, why should, like you say, you know, he's got the sun coming up soon and uh, he can make several figures, several zeros, can't he? So, yeah, even flip side of that someone that will be incredibly motivated is Adrianos um, second obviously last week we mentioned what happened to him um, it was a poor final part on regulation and and a, and a terrible chip going into the first playoff hole wasn't it you know Bello should have been quivering on the tee after such a bad tee shot on the 18 mm. um, okay he's a bit fortunate to get the kind of drop he did and you know, people have pointed that as Arnell's getting unlucky, and, it, and I think, you know, I think at times he was, but he also holds some really long putts and dropped out of a tree on one tee shot, and he had his, I think he had his fair stroke of luck as well. So, I think in the end, the, the right thing happened. Um, it's not somewhere I think you want to be coming chasing your, your first victory, despite the fact that we have seen it happen. That interesting. It was second. I mean, he's, he's sort of changed his game from. Um being one of the most accurate tee to green to, to now, you know, a putter. Um, but you look at his driving accuracy stats. It, 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 I know he's not got to take driver around here a lot, but that's just terrible. 66, 55th, 56, 60th. He's greens in reg, 49th, 46th. He's nowhere near. He's nowhere near the, the, the tee to green player that he was last year. Um, and uh, he's coming off of that. And uh, no, absolutely not. I think the only flip side of that is that because people said the same thing about Wilco Nineaber earlier, and I sort of said, well, he did it yeah. last year, didn't he? And it's it's one of those typical ones where because they're such long hitters, you can take the driver out of the hands, and they don't have to hit it. You, and, but you had, I mean, again, it's it's the same argument with John Rahm, and I don't like using this argument as you, as you know. But if you had sixty to one our new letter last week, hmm. you've got to take twenty eight round here. I, 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 it's just far too much of a difference for me. It depends. It depends what you, how you saw last week, don't you? If you saw it as a he's trending towards a victory because his form is improving every week and he's gonna break through because he's in Spain, then you take the twenty-eight to one because you don't want to miss out. But if you saw last week as this is what we've seen of Arnaldo over the last couple of years and he still didn't get it done, type of thing, 
um, on a track that should probably suit better than this one does, then I guess you don't want to take 28 to 1. I was hoping there was going to be a, a bit more thinking about it, but as soon as 28 to 1 came out, I was quite happy to, to pass him up. But. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've got driving actually greens and regulation scrambling over the last three months. Uh, admittedly, before yesterday finished, because obviously I was working yesterday on this, um, and he wasn't there. So, and, and he hasn't particularly improved that this week. So, no. Thomas Thomas Peters, you were more interested in, though, weren't you? I, I never liked Thomas Peters for anything. <laughs> I actually think we've got a chance this week. Um, we know we know what Peters does. You know, he, he he messes up his short game when it's the most vital part of his rounds. Um, but I just think his his overall profile. I mean, he was 26 on debut way back in 2016. Um, it was plus six on the par fours. Um, Okay, that's relative because obviously it wasn't playing sort of plus two back then. Uh, but par four scorers have come second, first, first, third, first, and first over the last few years. Um, at the moment, he's uh, eighth in scrambling over the last three months, believe it or not. Uh, he's top 20 in greens and regulation at Wentworth, which which I like as a potentially as a mental test as well because um, it's such a big tournament. He was 11th in approaches, 8th in tee to greens. Uh, there's something about Peters that, that he always seems short to me every week. Mm. Even though you look at his form, he's always there. And he always seems to have a chance. You know, We could talk about Dietrich, if you like. He's exactly the same player. Uh, but he's obviously ha- actually got it done. Uh, but there's something about him. Um, I like his effort in Holland. I like his effort in when he came again at Wentworth. I know he had a chance at halfway and he messed up because that's what he does. Uh, but there's something about him and his overall profile that makes me think it, he's he's going to find an awful lot of greens this week. I mean, that's his key because, you know, if he does miss them, then it's just going to be one too many. But I, I just thought that 30 to 1, he's. I can't, you can't, you can only have a feeling, can't you? Yeah. Um, but I just think on his overall, on, on some courses that have been um, particularly tricky, um, courses that he's had a bit of pressure on. He's actually come through with the result, um, and I, I, I certainly expect him to to beat his top whatever it was twenty six five years ago. Um, I like the way he's playing. His Tita Green at the moment. I mean, take away the the links, which again we said we can do that anyway. Um, I say he's top ten in Tita Green virtually every week. His irons are spot on. He's not going to have to make ten foot putts to win. That's the difference. You know, whereas he sometimes leaves himself like a 10 to 15 foot putts um, and he won't make them and somebody like oh, I don't know, somebody like Nicola Hogard or whatever will make those putts. He's not going to have to do that this week. He's going to have to hit maybe level pars pushing it a bit, but, you know, six, seven under, I think. I can't see the winning score being any more than that. So it's a matter of him just getting it on the fairway, getting it on the green, paring in, absolutely fine. Um, and I think his overall profile makes him reasonably appealing at 30 to be honest I think I like what you say about Wentworth as well is in the fact that there are comparisons made and there there is a little bit of similarities in the course in terms of the the, the outline the tree lines whatever and a bit claustrophobic on certain holes but it is more like this is as much as the event itself might not attract the best field these days the actual prestige of winning at Valderrama still remains there's still an, an awe around Valderrama and winning there and winning at Wentworth uh, boost, you know, boost your profile, I'd say, and 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 that's something that he 
would look to do. And, and for similar reasons, I can't really get away from Martin Keimer. I suppose that the obvious thing is that he's 30 to 1. He hasn't won in, you know, a decade or whatever. But he's fought, you know, like you said, he should have won it last year. Like that, that's, that's one point. He's also had another second here back in 2008, wasn't it, at the Volvo Masters. He was sixth on debut. Another six-plate finish in 2016. I know these are all, that's what you get with Martin Keimer and that's what he's been doing for 10 years and, and that is a perfect argument and that's why he appears short. But it just, is he going to make that transition again into a top-class, top-elite-level player that we know he can be? Like the, the ability that he had hasn't just deserted him, has it? It hasn't gone. It's, it is very much between years. He hasn't won for 10 years. He's not used to not winning, etc., etc. So, I suppose it just it just depends whether you believe in the talent of Martin Kyman coming back. Like Lee Westwood has over the last couple of years. Has he looked at that Ryder Cup being a vice-captain and gone... You know, and I don't really like to make those tenuous links, but it's, it is a, a realistic thing. You know, Luke Donald's played pretty well since being a vice-captain now. I don't know if that's necessarily just because of that, but I think it helps. We, we've seen him come back from the depths before. I mean, I'm saying 10 years. It's obviously seven, but 2014, he won the US Open after three years out. I know it's been a lot longer this time, but if you believe that Karma can win, I think this is a perfect track for him. Uh, I'm not going to argue. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. I think if he's going to, this, this then this will be it. If he doesn't win at home, then this is the next one. Uh, played well at Crans. Bit of a fiddly track. Played well at Wentworth. I, I, I was going to say he's, he's just plodding along, hmm. but that's perfect for here. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to because, uh, not, you know, I may well put him up after 54 hours like I did last year. <laughs> I thought he was a good thing last year. Um, and he lost it at the end of the day. He was beaten by a man that was that was mentally really tough. And there was, there was you know, Catlin was absolutely bricking it down the stretch. And how we pulled off some of the this pass saves was just incredible. You do, have, and he's proven since then. Obviously, coming from behind uh, when he beat Aaron Rye, and then obviously winning in, in freezing cold Austria in that hundred-hole playoff, he's proven that he is mentally strong. Um, and that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't argue with you. I won't back Heimer, no. but yeah, not going to argue about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not sure just because of the price, and you know, it has been seven years since that victory, but. It just feels like, I mean, even last year, it felt like it should have been the end of Kymer's barren spell and it would make sense to do it on the course that he's done that before, etc. And we've just seen Cabrera Bello do something similar and, and maybe he's got that in him as well. Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focused on these two areas as well? Manscaped. Manscaped took their Lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. 
That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. You know, in fear of going through every single name on the on the odds board, yeah. I'm going to skip a few forward. Um, Andrew Johnston, I, I really like him. And we, we've spoken in the past about you never know which one's going to turn up. And I just think now that he's returning to those sort of courses that we know he likes to play on, um, and, and this is one of them, obviously, it's where he got his first and only win so far really really yeah. impressive that wink i think he led the field in did he lead the field in both drive next and green to regulation i think he did um yeah. you know beat sergio garcia use Lauten, soren kilton all people that play very well at this golf course um 24th last week was decent enough i thought it was you know he wasn't playing well enough to go as deep as you needed to to win it but solid enough that he should be impressive around here and he was really good at wentworth i mean that final day was he was electric. I was there. There was a lot of sort of shouts for him. I think he needs that. And I, I think he thrived on that last time when he won here. Ninth for the Irish Open, 14th for the International Open, 17th for the British Masters, 4th for the Canary Islands. Like, there's been some really, really good finishes outside of Wentworth up three starts ago as well. It's been pretty solid for, for most of the season, really. When he makes the weekend, he generally seems to advance. So 45, you know, there was 50 earlier. Yeah, 45 to, yeah exactly 45 to 1 40 to 1 even uh, with more places i thought it was a decent price yeah absolutely plays and plays well in the in the same tournaments all the time like you say wentworth um i've put beef up a couple of times it's disappointed me this year um i think that's uh, the thing though there's there's a couple of players that i've got in this list at the moment that i have put out recently they've let me down and the worry is that that kind of overtakes what should make sense because you feel lit down. I don't know. I'm not saying that's no, what's no. happening to you in this case, but that is no, potentially I, what does happen. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. I mean, I like beef. I like beef. I, I just struggle when something goes wrong. Yeah. You know, again, his ability to, to come back. But, you know, it's um, played really, really well. Like you say, plays at the same I think that's the key Tim he plays well at the same courses all the time just creature comforts um, isn't it creature comforts yes yeah, exactly what he's like and he's a you know really likeable man even though he won't give us an interview <laughs> um, or ignores our pleas anyway for an interview um, fair play I, I like I like the fact I, you know I preferred him and he was on the he was on the short list um, it's really weird like we go out at like whatever time you put this out Tom 11 o'clock or whatever it is on a Monday night. Yeah. And we were already behind, you know, twenty five previews. Yeah. So at fifties I thought was fair. I mean there is another man whose price has slightly gone as well that we're going to come to. Um and I just prefer him. How many can you have? If I've got Peters at thirty, I've got this other fella that's coming up. Um, how many can you have? And I left Beef out because I just still think he's a bit fragile when if something goes wrong and it can do very badly here. Yeah, I'd say that on board, and I think that that was exactly that, that line of thinking was exactly what got me in trouble last week. When no one else looked like he was going to win yesterday, yeah, he was the one yeah. I left out because I had Kawamura, I had Hardy, and I had Hoygaard, all in that sort of forty-five, fifty-to-one range. That I was like, well, one one's I've got to leave out. I'll leave out the one that's not done it. Um, and you know, it, it does get you in trouble. But talking about the guy that you're talking about, there was a there's been some correlation to Fan Ling in Hong Kong uh, for the Hong Kong Open. Aaron Rye is a former winner there. Uh, we've just seen him tie up his PJ Tour card, so he's effectively having a bit of dropping class. He's just played three straight events in America, comes back on the European Tour where he's been playing fine when he's returned, hasn't he? Uh, I love Aaron Rye. 
always have done. Um, won his first event, yeah, as you say, uh, you know, back in uh, Kenya, uh, when his actual short game was magnificent. Um, I mean, he was clear anyway, but he, you know, his short game down the, the home stretch was absolutely brilliant. When he obviously was on the Challenge Tour and he won those three, and yes, I like that Challenge Tour, and yes, he did <laughs> because he then went and played on the European Tour instead of actually going on to win the uh, race to wherever it was in 2017. But anyway, um, back to the point. Um, yeah, Rye is same as John Catlin, I think, to be honest with you. Hmm. Very, very similar to Catlin. I know you'd probably put Catlin's current short game. Well, maybe not current, but on his best short game, yeah. uh, slightly above. But in terms of his approach to the game, um, like I said, you're going to have to get your points here exactly. This isn't, this isn't about... You know, let's aim for the bunker and fade it on. This is, there's a bunker. We need to put it within that three-yard bit because otherwise we are not going to get behind that. We are not going to get over that tree that's overhanging, etc., etc. And and Rye is that. You know, he's been done a few times for slow play um, because he's fastidious. You know, he 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 looks for the right spot. He'll work everything out, um, and he's very very accurate. I mean, over the last three months, he's top twenty in driving accuracy. Top 30 in greens. He's fourth in scrambling, believe it or not. Was second before the weekend. Um, I think he's 12th in total accuracy. Um, eighth on debut here. He was top 20 in accuracy and eighth in scrambling. He's back. Ignore the missed cuts. I mean, it's irrelevant. I, I, I get why he's gone over to the PGA, obviously, because that's where the big bucks are and that's the pinnacle of a golfer's career. But, if, you know, in a perfect world, if he just wanted to win, I'd be over in Asia or South Africa. I think he'd... he'd take off in somewhere like South Africa or Asia mm. I think his game's absolutely suited to those tree lines courses but yeah you know he's a winner of big tournaments you know when he won the Scottish obviously he came from behind he beat Tommy Fleetwood um, Hong Kong you've already discussed uh, the Irish he should have won uh, maybe I didn't mind because I had Catlin in running uh, but he's only got beat by a 64 by Catlin um, he plays bad weather well as you saw in Scotland that third day was horrendous um, yeah, I, I think his game is uh, absolutely suited to here and I, I expect him to leave those missed cuts well behind um, ignore it all completely should have had enough time I think over here shouldn't he now um, to acclimatise again there's something about the, the when he was second to the Alberta Bars. oh that was interesting yeah that Schwab was fourth and Lucas Herbert was uh, tied fourth as well hmm. uh, there's some really convoluted form lines <laughs> give you um Kranz with Schwab and Herbert, who actually retired eighth in Kranz in 2019 as well. Kranz sort of, you know, associates with this course as well. Uh, Herbert was tied fourth, two shots behind Ryan Scotland. Um, Ken Holt, who was tied sixth in Scotland, uh, and actually led the driving accuracy. Um, no, he didn't. Sorry, my apologies. Um, <laughs> Ken Holt was tied sixth in Scotland, um, has got good form at Wentworth and Kranz. So I actually think. Although it's miles away, that Alberto Boys, Boys, whatever it's called, um, is pretty good form and does link into here. Um, Bez, yeah. Bez was tenth there as well, wasn't he? Yep. So yes, he was. The... and they all got their they all got their card. And at Wentworth, he was sixteenth in uh, strokes gained approach, twelfth in tee to green. Um, uh, I think uh, this is his course. Ben unfortunately has seen it as well. Um, so there's only I think there's one show of fifty, isn't there, Tom? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I one, don't know many places. One, one really remaining good. 56 places. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, that's fine. Which I think is fine. You know, I think I think you made the very important point that he has to go to the PGA Tour, but it's probably the worst fit. 
you know, he's he's just not going to win over there. Like, he doesn't no. even strike. You know, he has the profile, I suppose, if you, if you try to find someone on the PJ Tour, I guess it's down the, the Poulter route, the, the Kisner route, whatever. But he's not he's not at those level. They they do it all year round, play there all year round, and he's going to take a little while to adjust to it. And I think, yeah, talk about, I was listening to Justin Harding the other day on an interview, and he was basically saying that, you know, he, he had no intentions of going out to Asia when he had that real strong year over there and then got himself on the European Tour. But he was advised to go there because his game would fit after playing so well on the Sunshine Tour. And you just see where they're, you know, where they're suited. And Harding only has a certain amount of courses that he's suited on the European Tour because they match what he used to play on the Asian Tour and the Sunshine Tour. And it's just, you just need to spot these guys when when they return to a course that you like you know you've already pointed out the fact that when he was at the Scottish Open he beat Tommy Fleetwood when he was at the Hong Kong Open he beat Matthew Fitzpatrick when he won the, the Kenya Open you, you alluded to earlier he beat Matt Wallace by four strokes you know he beats class opponents just when he's on somewhere that suits he had that little run didn't he uh, earlier in the summer 12th at the Irish 35th at the Scottish 19th for the Open like he can play There's there's no doubt in that whatsoever I seldom like him because I think there's, you know, you get shoehorned into events that just don't work for him. But this one does absolutely to a T. So, fifty to one, fine. And and it's, you're benefiting from the fact he's had those three missed cuts because they don't mean anything, like you say. Like he's he's not expected to make the cuts in those events. They're not suited to him, and it changes absolutely nothing about what I think of his chances here. So if he'd have made two top twenties, he'd have been twenty eight or thirty to one here, maybe even less. Um. And instead, you're just getting an inflated price for basically an irrelevant bit of information, I think. So, yeah, I like Aaron Wright completely. Um, on the subject of Justin Harding, it's the fear of missing out after putting him up a couple of times that I think he could go well here. Like, his putting was abysmal last week. He's going to be putting on some pristine greens this week at Valderrama. Uh, he improved massively in the second round last week. Has played well here in the past. Has played well at all the sort of correlating courses as well. So I think he's a decent price at 55, 7 places. And then there's just a whole host of names here. Rosner played pretty well last year. Callum Hill plays well. Sean Crocker. We said, didn't we, that he would be much more suited to this test than he was last week. Um, you know, he was out last week. Missed the cut. It... I wish that we'd seen something from him just to sort of give us hope. Um, I still don't know if he's fully fit, which is my slight concern on that because he's finished 58th and 26th here in two starts, 58th sort of a lifetime ago in his career terms. Perfect game for this, really. Um, he's not going to have to putt well, like you said earlier. They're all going to struggle to make the putts here. I suppose the slight knock on Sean Crocker is that around the green isn't his best you know, best area of his game either, is it? If he was a if he was a really good chipper of the ball and a bad putter, a bit like a Benny Ann or something, you'd have a bit more confidence. But it's just the fact that both of those facets of his game are the two weakest. Um, yeah, I, I thought we'd go better last week. I know you've had some sort of info that he was had an MRI scan and maybe he just turned up. But I don't know. I mean, why turn up if you if you're not 100? percent I've mm. no idea. You can do a lot of, lot of stuff at home, can't you, or on the range or something like that. You would have wanted to see more, especially coming into, you know, into something like this. Um, but, yeah, I, I appreciate, you know, he's he's got that form in South Africa that, you know, that I like um, as well. You know, difficult tracks, but 
he's fallen apart when it gets hard, and I think it's going to get hard. Yeah, I, I'm more just worried about the help. Like if it was purely, if I knew he was fully fit, I'd be I'd be pretty confident because he's got that sort of like he was second at the Trophy Hassan in Morocco, which is obviously plays so sort of tight courses. A lot of good stuff in China on the Challenge Tour. Um, yeah. You know, the, the Hong Kong, he was 16th back in 2017. So there's loads of loads of stuff there. Fourth at Crans, we've mentioned ninth at Wentworth. So it's just whether that little run of form that he had that made us think he was going to go and win where he was ninth, second, fourth, eighteenth, ninth. Whether he's just run its course for the season, which hasn't got long left, is is the worry. Yeah, I think I think I I, I agree. I think I just needed more last week, and uh, didn't matter, did it? Even if he just got through and finished, you know, forty fifth or something, mm. you know, at least you'd have had four rounds of stats and. Um, yeah, you, you do have to worry coming here, don't you? It's it's if he's not right, this is not the place you want to be coming. I must be honest. I, I thought you'd put up Karamura, but um, you know you haven't. So there we are. I think I think the thing with Karamura is, <laughs> like you said about Beef, I just keep putting him up, thinking he's going to be his time, and then he doesn't do it. Um, and the worry is the one where you jump off him. But if I did that for everyone, I'd be I'd be stuck. He was. He he was eighth here last year again, wasn't he? So another one you've got to give credit to. Shabanka Sharma, Jason. You messaged me yesterday uh, while we were watching that final round, and and basically alluded to the fact that you were going to pick him, um, and for good reason. You know, we've been talking about Sharma basically all season. I think maybe maybe not quite all season, but certainly since the summer. Um, back at the Irish Open, Danish Open, all that sort of area, British Masters. As soon as he started to show that he was back to the sort of form that made him a really exciting young player on the on the European tour, he's been he's been really high thought of, and and now he comes to a course that should suit off the back of a tie free finish. Um, only actually finished two shots shy of the victors in the end. One bad round on Saturday really cost him, didn't it? Um, really, really annoyed me because uh, I looked at it without uh, uh, Cabrera Bayo in a noose market. Yeah. And there were only two that I liked, and they were Richard Bland, who I thought they just got away from him. I thought on Sunday that was all it was, um, and the other one was Shabanka Sharma, um, and it was sort of looking at him, thinking I hope Sharma doesn't do it because I quite like him next week. Yeah. Um, and so he really annoyed me hitting that 66. But I still think there's margin in in his price of 66 to one this week. Um, well, you, you asked me to predict it. his price, didn't you? And I said. 40s. You said 40. Yeah, um, said 40. So by that uh, logic, I, sh- I should be pretty confident in him at 66 to 1 as well. Yeah, I mean, he's got form at Maybank in Malaya, which is, is three-lined. He's won that. He beat Campillo and Pablo Larathabal. Both got form here. He's won in Joburg, which is fantastic. He's been top 10 uh, in the Mexico, which is altitude. Obviously, Rafa Cabrera-Bella was third there, by the way. Uh, when he was ninth in the Maybank in 2017, and Notty Lipsky and Levy were be were there and, and they fit perfectly. Um, everything about him recently has just been superb. Um, uh, he's, he's, I mean, his iron game has just been outstanding. Um, last week, second greens in reg, second in approaches, first in tee to green at Wentworth, which which we've said we like certainly as a warm up anyway. Um, he was thirty uh, fourth in greens in reg, fourth in scrambling. 7th in approach, 3rd in Tita Green. It's in front of you. Himmerland, which is difficult, 12th in approach, 17th in Tita Green. Kranz, 7th in driving accuracy. Um, 
Himalandi was fifth in driving accuracy. Um, I think he was fifth in scrambling in the fourth round as well. Uh, Austria, which was Don Catlin's event, he was 22nd in driving accuracy. Over three months, he's 10th in par four performance, which uh, we've already discussed is vital to this place. I know he's got a couple of missed cuts, and I, I, I don't have really a reason why. You know, those rounds are crap. Hmm. Quite honestly, he's not beaten 76 in four rounds around here. But maybe that's inflated his price from a potential 40, 45 to 1 to 66. Um, it's not ideal, but I, I love the way he's playing and, and I love the fact that he can play in wind and uh, he, he looks magnificent. I thought Wentworth, he looked fantastic. Um, that, that was the highlight for me. But again, last week, he went missing third round. Well, he went missing, but he didn't do much third round like quite a few of them and, and came again. He was superb on Sunday. You know, he was peppering the flags and he's, if he carries on doing it, he's not, his short game is not going to be asked too many questions. Um, I'm hoping those two missed cuts here are, are, are just one of those things that happen. If he doesn't like it, he's obviously going to bomb out. But like you say, 41, 45 to 1 was the price for him. Um, 66 to 1 is far too big. I, I really, really like him. I, I just think those missed cuts are just purely based on how he was playing at the time. Like. Mm. He was all over the place. I mean, I think he had. I think he'd missed. Let's just have a look here, just to confirm my thinking. He had. He was playing pretty poorly in 2019. He was missed cut 73rd, 62nd going into it, and then missed a ton of cuts after that. So he wasn't in great form. And then last year he had missed uh, one, two, three, six of his seven cuts going into that as well. And his only yeah, decent finish that year was was in the Indian Tour, and that was a top 30. So. He was all over the place, and I just, we just know that you can't do that at this golf course. Like, you have to be in some sort of form. There are, of course, people that, that play the course well, but I think, I think even someone like Sergio Garcia, it took him a long time. I'm not saying Sharma's going to go on and do what Garcia's done here over the years, but I think it took him a little while to figure it out. So one, I think there's a combination of figuring it out, and just you can't, you can't be trying to find something coming into Valderrama. He's not. He's never come into the event better shape than he is now. And I really think this kind of... I mean, you said it to me earlier, you, you were living in kind of 50 to 75 to 1 range. I'd probably push it even further up to sort of like the 90 to 1. Um, the, the names around here, Will Besselin was impressive again last week. Played well here last year. David Lipsky, you've already mentioned. Nikolai Hoygaard will improve on last week. Richie Ramsey, we both like. Um I mean, Richie Ramsey's got a fantastic record around here as well, hasn't he? You know, he's got a third, a 29th, and 11th, one missed cut. He's, 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 the, other one, he's the other one in the plan, yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the thing. I think 80 to 1, seven places. Um, I've, I've sort of been saying, I think I put it up in my newsletter sort of three, two or three weeks ago, that once his... It's not even... Normally with someone like Ramsey, it's like when his putter gets hot, he'll win or he'll contend. But it's... It, all the facets of the game keep sort of flashing at the wrong time. They never sort of work out at the same time. And it's hard for him to put all areas together. Whereas if he can just get that one week, and I think this is it, because you don't need him to have a great playing week. And he's always been a relatively decent chipper of the ball, as far as I can tell by the eye test. Like, he can afford to have an off week with the with the, with the putter and just have a really good T-screen game and, uh, and really contend it. Uh, I really, again, I think if Ramsey 
going to do something this year, this is this is got to be his course. Uh, like you say, you know, 17th, size 17th and links. We know he likes links anyway, yeah, obviously. Um, as he has been fourth before. He's won at Crans twice, won at the SA Opens, won Trophy of Sand, which is a tricky track. So that tells you already the type of type of course that he's best suited to. Second at Valentine's, it requires accuracy. Um, last three months, he's 11th in total accuracy, 15th in driving accuracy, 33rd in green and reg, 18th in scrambling, 29th in par 4, blah, 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 hmm. blah. He's driving accuracy, which is going to give him a chance to get that um, get those irons going. Um, second at the London Club, 17th at the Hero, 26th in Wales, third at, um, in Scotland, um, third in Spain. Uh, yeah, third in Spain last week. He's um, he's a he, lot. Like, it's a bit obvious. I've gone for the same type of player really, apart from Thomas Peters. Uh, the other three in the plan are very very similar players, um, but that's what I think you need. And, and they're they're all in form. They're all showing something. And uh, yeah, Ramsey's bang in there mate yeah just to let you know you know you're always correcting me when i cock up hmm. uh don't look at sergio garcia's record at valderrama because <laughs> it's unbelievable no but i thought he took a i thought he took a little while to get used to it uh, but no, edit this bit out <laughs> it's you know there, there's i just i just think like you say there there's so many players that have the same profile um that i just don't know why would you avoid it like you, you've got to pin mm. your just pin your sort of tail to the donkey somewhere if you like, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with that. Richie Ramsey certainly makes a yeah. appeal for me. Just just to say, Tom, just say of those three columns, the driving actually greens in Reagan scrambling over the last three months, only Ryan Ramsey appear in all three. So um, they, uh, uh, that's how I started looking into it. And then when you see where they've won and what their style is, I mean, it's it's you, you've got no choice, have you? I think you've got to put them in. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, once it gets over to the hundreds one, I suppose it kind of flashes out a bit. Mike Lorenzo Vera's got a very good record here. Um, in two starts, he's finished sixth and second, so I think he makes obvious appeal. Uh, if Eduardo Molinari can just get someone else to putt for him, he yeah. will win at some point. I think. What was he? Was he? He's been first in two of his last three events with his irons, gained nearly it's, ten strokes again. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Is it? It just, yep. it just, if someone else puts for him. Might not need to this week. What's his record like? I mean, I just, I just kind of put a line for him because even on a course, even on a course where he doesn't need to putt so well. I mean, he's never played brilliantly here, has he? But then he hasn't played much of it when he's been at his pomp. So back in, what was that, 2019, yeah, he 2017, he was uh, 22nd. To be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't think he, he, he will win. Um, but you know, shame. I do hope he wins soon. Any big prices for you? I looked at Julian Suri. I'm not sure why. I think he's got a decent record here. Um, but otherwise, I didn't really want to go too far down the list. No, as a rag, just because we like putting a rag. I've gone Ashley Chester's just because he's so accurate off the tee. Um, to be honest, you know he's all four around the green um, but he does appear I think he's very high up here obviously in the three months in the season's driving accuracy um, and also in the greens in reg but if he does miss them then he could run up numbers so he, he was of interest as a total ragger or first round lead or something but um, no I, I, I can't really put anybody else interested to see how David Hall goes David Law we chatted about 
um, earlier on. He likes sort of fiddly courses. I think Soren Kjelsen might go. Yeah, okay. the ball well if, they're, if they're doing a top veteran or something, um, I think well, Soren Kjelsen might go quite well. He's been doing quite a bit recently, obviously without finishing a tournament. He just gets left behind when it counts. Um, apart from that, mate, now I'm pretty much done. No, happy with that. Well, I'll just summarise my picks um, as, as best I can. Andrew Johnson at 45 to 1. Uh, I've got to go with Justin Harden again at 55 to 1. I did mention, obviously, Wilco 9, Aber earlier at 100 to 1. He's now gone into the prices that he should be. Um, I probably would still like him at sort of 70 and 66, but going off it as the price goes down. Richie Ramsey at 80 to 1, seven places. And uh, I'm still undecided on Martin Keimer. Where have you landed, Jason? Uh, Thomas Peters, can't believe it, but going to do it. Um, Thomas Peters at 30. Uh, Aaron Wright at 50. Uh, really like Sharbanka Sharma at 66 and Richie Ramsey at 80. They're my four against the uh, winners. Well, yeah. where we've got a lot of information uh, about this golf course and a lot of form to go by, we're now coming over to the CJ Cup, which is in Vegas again this year, um, despite uh, you know normally being in South Korea due to COVID. Different course again um, after... You know, going, we were at Shadow Creek last year and we're now at the summit. Um, very, very little information about this golf course, as I found out yesterday whilst trying to write a preview. Um, Colin Morikawa had a course record of 62, although I've sort of read today that Maverick McNeely's also shot 61, so make of that what you will. Um, well, only one of them's won the Open, the PGA. Yeah, and, and not only that, but this golf course isn't going to set up like it does when they're playing it in their little membership are they so it's going to be a completely different test but 7,431 yards it'll play less than that because of the altitude par 72 tom fazio design with bent grass greens um that's about as much as you're going to get out of me for that in terms of correlations i kind of just look towards well firstly kind of short field events wgc's tournament champions because i think that that is a thing um the phoenix open desert Shoreners, obvious reasons. Amex, same again. Shadow Creek last year. I don't think that the course will be too dissimilar. I think from from what I've been told and what I've read, the the fairways are, are more generous here, so off the tee is going to be a little bit easier. So it might be even deeper than twenty to one this time around. And the other sort of tentative link that I made was Texas. Um, defending champion Jason Kokrak won this last year and then won Charles Schwab this year after finishing tied third in twenty twenty. Also had a fourth place finish at the Byron Nelson. Xander Schoffele finished tied third at the Charles Schwab and runner-up here. Uh, Tyrrell Hatton was tied third here and also had a tied eighth at the Charles Schwab. Russell Henley was tied third here and also has a very impressive form line in Houston with a win and four more top eights. Joaquin Neiman who was sixth last year, two top eights in Texas. And it goes on like that. Uh, Taylor Gooch, very good in Texas, played well here. Lance Griffin, winner in Houston. Played well here, tied 7th last year. Sebastian Munoz tied ninth last year, 3rd at the Charles Schwab and ninth at the Valero Texas Open. So that was what I did. Um, key stats, strokes gain approach, passing on bent grass greens, par 5 scoring, everything that you'd need from a birdie fest. And that kind of led me to a very short list of players, really. Um, Justin Thomas... Xander Schauffele and Dustin Johnson are all trio at 12 to 1. Colin Morikawa is 16 to 1. And Jordan Spieth is 22 to 1, along with Rory McIlroy, who's 
generally 16 to 18 in places. Why is Colin Morikawa the outsider of that group, Jason? Don't know. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, no idea. I, 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 yeah, you'd think that there'd be a false price about him because of you know what you've said and his, his connection with here. Um, I just, I think this is just going to be another uh, PGA show event that's uh, dominated by the class. I know they've had a little break since they last played, but I don't think it makes any difference. Like you say, Mo Carl was bound to play around here every day or something like that. Um, looked much, much better, didn't he, in the Ryder Cup, uh, along with DJ. Uh, it'd be interesting if DJ is back, back, back. Um, but I'd much rather be on... Well, having said that, I, I, the way I've looked at it is I've got five class players and I'd be quite happy just to lump them all together and take the just over three to one that one of them wins. I, I, I've got very, I've got very little to say about the tournament, uh, other than yeah, Xander Morikawa, DJ, Jordan Spieth, Scotty Scheffler, shove them all in, and uh, one of them will win. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have Sorry. too much. No, but but the thing is, the there's I guess two things as to why it's like that one i think it's always very very hard to go to an event that is at a new course it's a course that wasn't built to be a pga tour course they don't really have any, any interest really in hosting it or preparing it to host a pga tour event it's just an exclusive golf club in vegas where rich people spend their money um and it's just landed in their lap i suppose um so there isn't there isn't anything really in terms of defense there's water features not water hazards here apparently uh, whatever that's supposed to mean um, and there's potentially a little bit of wind but again doesn't really seem to cause too much havoc in Vegas so I just I just think it's going to be an all-out scoring fest you know we've we've seen Thomas Zander and Dustin all do it in these short field events so that's why they're obviously 12 to 1 but Morikawa I mean the only thing that you could, you could say is that his recent form isn't great but that was injury you know in reason because of injury and he showed signs at the Ryder Cup that he's fine now. Now comes to a course that he should find really easy. You know, he was tied 12th in this event last year, after even with a really bad final round, so Justin Thomas. And, you know, we're getting 16 to 1 about a major winner, or two-time major winner, in a 78-man field. He, he, yeah, he looked he looked back, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He looked, really strong. He looked, he looked comfortable, so, and, uh, yeah, like you say, it's. Um, I agree, he looks an absolute bet to nothing doesn't he I, I just I mean the last time I felt this confident about Colin Morikara I think he missed the cut so you know it is, it's just what it is but I just can't see I just don't see why you would not back him like the the, the trendy thing I suppose would be was to go against him because you don't believe in the whole course record thing and you think his name's going to get put up and he's going to be shorter than he should be because of that but he's not didn't is matter it? At, sorry didn't matter at Harding Park did it no which incidentally is, is, a, is like you say is another great look into it isn't it I mean that all fits in as well um, it's 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 very very difficult to I mean it's in case is quite interesting actually if you do go back to the, the correlations obviously you know you've got Copecrack who was second at the Valspar behind Casey Casey second behind Morikawa at PGA um, there's loads of bits of form that, that give Paul Casey a chance but you just can't see him beating all them can you um, you can make cases for bits and pieces of these obviously you know when they're right, you know, I know there's a couple of people put Nyman up. Um, you could use the Coke rack um, 
viewpoint, I suppose, for somebody like somebody like that. Max Homer, you know, absolute quality iron player when right. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think that they're like, too good. Um, it's very rare. We don't normally say that, do we? We normally try and have a look for for an each way play for for whatever reason. But we both, you know, we spoke before and we're both on the same wavelength. Uh, I just think then they can't all lose. One of them is going to win this event. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that after that, I'm kind of looking for a little bit of each way value. I think there there is there is one more that I do really like to to win who's a bit of an outsider and that is Mark Leishman um, I think Mark Leishman is showing a lot of good form uh, you know he was, he was fourth at the Fortinet and third last week and you know he loves these type of events plays well in Texas plays well in desert events and just generally plays these elite fields very very well so the, the kind of 50 to 1 about him earlier has gone into 45 to 1 seven places that's fine as well um, I was fine with that. Tyrrell Hatton was a little bit bigger than I thought he'd be at 40 to 1, given his record in the event. But again, that's at different golf courses. And then I kind of just sprinkled it with with a couple of outsiders in Aaron Wise and Taylor Gooch and Russell Henley because they're all just striking the ball well. Play well in Texas, as I mentioned earlier. Played well in this event last year. And I don't think the, the leaderboard's going to look that different. Um, Russell Henley, especially, he's hitting the ball incredibly well. Um, and when he does that, he tends to, to put up some decent finishes. But, I mean, look, the, the temptation, I suppose, is to look down here and see the likes of Sergio. He's been hitting the ball well. He's 60-1. to 1. Kevin Nars returning to the desert. He's 55-1. to 1. He's just announced he's having a child. Um, you know, there's, there's loads, isn't there? But I just, like you say, I don't want to go too far into an event. I generally think is between the kind of top six, seven, maybe eight players. I suppose you can't really rule out someone like Sam Burns, but he did look a little bit fatigued if we're going to recap yeah, the Shriners. But... He's playing well, isn't he? But he hasn't... He hasn't... Not anyone else, but I mean, I suppose. But um, I don't think he's done it, really, you know, when surrounded by this this amount of, of competition. You know, big fan of his, but, um, you know, he beat Keegan Bradley when Bradley put in there, which was great because yeah. I was on him. Um Won the Sands and Fives. Nothing wrong with winning the Sands and Fives, but it isn't. It isn't this tournament. And as you say, faded away last week. Um, you know, he narrowly missed out the, the WGC, didn't he? But the, I'm more just. He really looked like everyone expected him to just step forward again on Saturday and Sunday, and he just looked like someone that's been in contention an awful lot as he has, and may just be running out of a bit of steam. I mean, he could have gone to tenth in the world last week if he'd won and he was oh, he yeah. was labelled as the as the most likely winner after 36 holes so yeah he was yeah it's I just think eventually these runs come to an end for these types of players I mean Kokrak went for a very similar run maybe not quite as good last year um, you know we, we do just see it people get hot for, a, for an extended period of time and yeah. you think they're the best player in the world for a short period of time and then the real big boys come back and that's it I think that's what it is. It's it's they. We've always said it on their day, they look outstanding. Max Homer's looked outstanding hmm. a couple of times. He's looked like his iron play is just unbeatable. You know, from long distance, it's just been incredible. Um, but you know, they're not the best players in the world, and they are facing at least four of the best players in the world. You know, to put John Rahm over here, then okay, you're missing Bryson, but. Um, 
you know, you put John Rahm over here, and and this is, and I actually might have fancied John Rahm if he'd been here, um, but he isn't. So yeah. you'd definitely rather back him at ten to one here than you would at three to one at Valderrama, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Even against the, the much stiffer competition, yeah. it's just a yeah. better suited event, I think. But yeah, was there any temptation to take anyone triple digits? No. It just, it does just feel like you're doing it. I think there's always a, it feels like a bit of an obligation to find a, a long shot at some point. Oh, Sebastian Munoz then. Well, that's that's just literally the name I typed in just to see kind of what his current form is, just looking on tour tips at his current form. And it's three straight missed cuts for the start of the season. Yeah. So... You wanted, yeah, but it was it was obviously ninth at Shadow Creek. Yeah, he's got tied third at um, the Schwab. Um, you know what happens? I mean, we've we've said it before where they go to WGCs in in sometimes not particularly great form and and sort of get a high up finish position. I agree. I mean, he's not in form, but you wanted a triple player. Yeah, it'll just... Yeah, I mean, I, I I looked at sort of Tom Hoagie as someone that's been playing. He's even hit his wedges well, and maybe can just score on a par fives, but. I don't think the par fives are gimme's here. You look at them, some of them are 600 yards, nearly 600 yards, 580. It's, they'll play obviously less because of the altitude. But I just think you're just you're just scratching around. I think you'd be trying to go anywhere outside the top, I guess maybe 10 in the betting. I think someone like a Cameron Smith or someone like that could probably come up trumps. But I just, yeah, I just think Colin Morikawa is the most likely winner and I'm just going to stick with him as my main pick for the week. Very, very confident in him too. Which never ends well, does it? But no, you know it is what it is. But it, it's, I guess I'm trying to find other things to talk about on the golf course. But I just we don't know enough, do we? Like we can all watch flyer videos and we can all make predictions. And but even when you look at sort of like I can't remember the name of the course last year at the BMW, whatever it was, it was a completely new course and. There always seems to be something you can find out about it, but there just literally isn't anything. I've heard a couple of things of people that have walked the course, well, played both this and Summerlin, and this one just looks wider. And it's like, well, what does that give us, really? Well, I think, I think, yeah, I, I think it's it's something they build up as this big tournament that isn't really a big tournament. So, you know, like you say, you were always looking. So we look at the majors, obviously, and, and the, the really big, flashy tournaments, and we see these fields, and we look, and we look down, we go, yeah, 66 to 1, can't believe you can get that about X. Hmm. Whereas this just seems like another tournament. It just so happens to have some bloody good players in it. Yeah. Uh, on a course that should really, you know, they should mash it up. So, what's the problem? I mean, yes, you can get a, you, you may well get a coke wreck coming through. Like I say, you, you know, I like you rightly say, Sam Burns, Max Homer, on their day, can beat anybody. You know, their iron play is that good. But it's very, very hard to oppose on this slot, in my view. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. Yeah. My only I've got picks... not real in. I will just be watching it, to be honest with you. I won't play in it. No. My only picks were Colin Morikawa, Russell Henley, Mark Leishman, Aaron Wise and Taylor Cooch. Aaron Wise, I just felt like he's someone that I've been on, or at least spoken about multiple times, and just feels like he is leading into that. He'd obviously won at Wells Fargo, which is another Fazio design. Taylor Gooch, I just think, plays these desert events and these types of these type of events really, really well. And Mark Leishman is just on fire, as is Russell Henley. So I just think there are people that you can dabble in, but I'm just certainly not 
confident than anyone other than Morikawa, and I'm just going to stick with that. So unless there's anything else you want to mention, we'll uh, we'll call it a day there, I think. Round up the podcast. Obviously, just a reminder, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20. That is 20% off and free shipping with LFW20. Unlike your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Jason, thank you very much as ever and see you next week.